Niggas be thinking I'm deep, intelligent, fooled by my college degree My IQ is average, there's a young lady out there, she way smarter than me I scroll through her timeline in these wild times and I started She mad at these crackers, she mad at these capitalists, mad at these murder police She mad at my niggas, she mad at that ignorance, she wear her heart on the sleeve She mad at the celebrities, low key I be thinking she talking about me Now I ain't no dummy to think I'm above criticism So when I see something that's valid I listen, but shit There's something about the queen tone that's bothering me She strike me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in conscious environment With parents that know about the struggle for liberation We back The real is back The real is back Flow Bananas here, Pill is back, back. Oh, you finish the lyrics Miss mm -hmm. got a podcast episode seven. Clap it up, clap it up. Seven oh, is in the world completion. That? Did I clap? I clap. Now I got my own claps. Nigga. Oh, this <laughs> But we back. Seven is in the world completion, y'all. Yeah, episodes. Let me double check. Hold on. I want to sound stupid. Marlon, not keeping up with how many episodes me and at this point. Episode seven. Episode six. Loki was our biggest episode so far. Yeah. Only got room to grow, but. You know I was big, silly nigga. <laughs> but we here. Um, but before we start this podcast, we would like to send our condolences and rest in peace to Alawatoan Salu. Um, forgive me if I pronounce her name wrong. Um, Kwanani, thoughts? Um, yeah, her life was tragically taken from her. Um, following a Black Lives Matter protest in Tallahassee. So, yeah. Uh, we definitely, um, in any way that we can, would extend our condolences, our prayers, um, and hope for healing for the family, for the people who are close to her, and that knew her well. So, yeah. Sad story. But now, to the pod. So, J. Cole. We just gonna start with it. You just gonna say his name like that? You, Offer it. It's Offer. no build-up? Offer it. Oh, we, wow. You know what, Marshawn Lynch, you know why I'm here. <laughs> Uh, so do we, I, feel, I feel like the reason we can kind of jump into it as well is because it definitely kind of happened out of nowhere. He dropped the song last night, yeah, like no particular this time. This was not planned to be talked about on the podcast today, but it happened last night, and then we see kind of what happened on Twitter. And you woke, was, yeah, you you went to sleep with J Cole me and Slander. You woke up like hoping it was a, it was like a nightmare, mm -hmm. and it was. My like, team no, was kind of split though. Like, I'm be honest, it was. And it was coming from both sides. So it was men and a woman slandering him, yeah. and there was men and a woman defending him. I think I want to compare it to like the NBA thing. I feel like you can be right, but you can also be wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Personally, I think we're reading too much into it. We have a lot of other shit to be worried about versus some song lyrics. They can text each other; they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know the extent of their of their uh, relationship, but I do know it was something that. Kind of, I don't think it had to be as public as it. Well, honestly, it did because Cole made whole made whole song. He did. So if you go that public about it, then you you have to expect the public mm -hmm. response. So now my follow up to you is now, we know what happened. We've seen the we reaction. Don't. We don't. We know. We can We see what we saw. What happened, but we can only draw interpretations. I'm from talking what we about saw. like we see. We saw the tweet that mm -hmm. was deleted, and we see the, the lyrics song. of the song. Yeah. 
So my question is, what? Sh- how do you feel? So I was definitely ha- I had like mixed. When I first listened to the song, I literally I did, I knew nothing of No Name t- sending out a tweet saying X Y and Z your favorite rappers X Y and Z need to say this. So I'm when not I listened to lie, it, I was waiting for an 808 beat to drop or something like yeah. That was my first listen. And so I'm we can like, talk about that. Let's talk about the quality of the song first. There were there was no kick. It was literally like the same sort of like melodic mm-hmm. like. But I think mellow. that was meant for the purpose of us to listen to the lyrics. To listen to the lyrics. If the beat or the production is hit too hard, you're not going to really pay attention. It, don't, it doesn't sound like he even breathed. Throughout yeah, the whole like he did. was just like, I'm going to get this message across and he yeah, stayed so 10 it was, down. I, I mean, he I, he didn't have as the production. I feel like he still put some kind of effort for it. Yeah. He just, it just was. It wasn't what you were expecting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But And it was called Snow on the Bluff. Yeah, it was just. He should have called it something else. But. I think this song came out at the wrong time because the regardless you're being critical of a black woman, you're talking about a black woman at a time where a black woman that we just mentioned earlier was killed um, by another black man. Like it was disappointing. Like we're just at a a state where he could have kept this. He could have read. He should have read the room a lot better than he did. Yeah, read the room. Like he didn't read the room. You're at entitled all. to feel how you feel. I don't think that he was coming out of a disrespectful or anything, I felt like it was, I, okay, it was a little bit corny. Only because if you felt so attacked, not even attacked, if you just felt a way about it, if someone said something about me or indirectly said something about me and I felt a way, I'm not going to make a song about it. Or I'm like, yo, I feel like you're talking about me, but this is what I've done, da da da, da. Yeah, that is where I think he's just I think all devoting that. an entire song to it. It was, was, it was four bit, minutes long. Yeah, it, it was a bit corny. But I think just the over, I think people are just overanalyzing things. Like you, you we're doing too much. So like to break it down. Oh, he hates black women. Da 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 da. Yeah, we we can get, we can, we can get into that. The song. So the song was it was subpar. Yeah. But the the what prompted it. So the tweet that she yeah, you have to address the action that causes the reaction. Yeah. So originally, I guess I not think she deleted it. Yeah. So she sent out the tweet basically saying I can I can read it. Okay, Marlon's gonna read out the tweet. But breaking news. So the tweet from No Name Red reads Red Red. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in a protest for our collective safety and y'all favorite top selling rappers, rappers, not even willing to put up a tweet. Niggas whole discographies be about black plight and they're nowhere to be found. Gunshots. So, wait on, maybe. I don't have a gunshot? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't have a gunshot. I have an explosion. There it is. Um, so I was talking to Quan about this earlier. So some people were like, she never mentioned him. I look at it like this, if you break it down. How many, let's list the top selling rappers. Okay, yeah, we can break the tweet now. She That's said, what I'm your favorite. Because it's like, you're. Not talking about him, but you're talking about him. Because you have Kendra, Drake, Cole, Big Three. Then you can argue... Rich, Rod- the Baby. The Baby, Little Baby, Meg, um, Little Uzi Vert for top selling. I still don't roll your eyes, <laughs> nigga. But I'm just saying, so like, we'll do if, you, if you break down the top selling rappers... Narrow that down to... So those are top selling. Yeah. Narrow it down to... Uh, whose discography? If be about Black Plight. Black Plight. Kendrick Lamar and J. J. Cole. Like, and I'm not... My thing is, you're, she, her tweet isn't wrong. Like, you can feel how you feel, but 
you can be wrong in how you feel, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's just like, just Not because, wrong in how you feel, you can be wrong. That's her opinion. Yeah. You're entitled to your opinion, but if you don't, it's just wrong. Like, it's, okay, it's wrong. Now we got it. Why is it wrong? I it's think, wrong because, one, me tweeting doesn't validate my activism, if that makes sense. I don't have to tweet for you to feel good that I'm doing something for the black community. Yeah. If you're talking about J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar or any rapper in that sort, Tory Lanez is another example. He's not on Twitter tweeting about all this stuff. He's on the ground marching. He's so in the street. Tory, Tory Lanez has been on Twitter, but I feel like he, and I'm, I've never been like a the least you can do kind of person, but mm-hmm. I feel like even Tory Lanez owes people that much because a lot of his music has not been socially conscious. Yeah. J. Cole doesn't really owe anybody, or even Kendrick doesn't mm-hmm. owe anybody a tweet or some kind of like social media sort of uh, uh, what you call it? Not mm-hmm. I'm trying, I forgot the word I'm looking for, but nothing to sort of validate their passion for what's going on via a tweet. I, yeah. I don't think that can do it because they have a whole so projects that kind of. Here's my to question it. to you, and I feel like the overall thing is the least you can do. So if I go beyond the expectation, do I still have to do the least I can do? So if I'm marching, if I'm spending money, if I'm no. doing things. Why? And I think that's the problem. I don't think people realize that he's Kanye the West literally supported Donald Trump. He donated five million dollars, and niggas shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, how was two million and five million to a family? And niggas stopped shut talking. Up. They forgot all about it. So I'm like, at this point, in in honestly, honestly, Cole, even within like the amount of, because I mean, Kanye, Kanye has done a lot. I mean, he's from Chicago, like so his city is kind of one of the hubs of like revolutionaries and that kind of thing. So. But he's done a lot. But even then, Cole has also done not as much, but he's done enough for him to not have to necessarily validate mm-hmm. himself via social media and that kind of yeah. thing. So and her tweet could be about anyone else. It's but it, it, it was. It, it, I'm convinced that it wasn't about nobody else. I'm convinced as well. Twitter. But you can make the argument, but you can't because it just proved it. But I'm just saying, you can't. If you say something like this, you have to expect people to feel the way. Even if you're not talking about them, because you're like, if you were to say the trap artists, like if you just said like Gucci black Man. rappers, black rappers, then it's like okay, you can tell anyone. Yeah. But top selling um, rappers or artists whose discography is about black plight, it's like I can only think of two at the moment. She like there's said, Joey Badass, but he hasn't dropped the album since 2017. She she knew who was, she, she, she could have said niggas like that niggas that have done been arrested, niggas that have been harassed by police. Niggas don't, that, that have been a part of the system, like, why do they not have nothing to say? If she would have she said that, it would have been even more specific. But she specifically targeted, like, a certain, like, subset of hip-hop artists. Yeah. And it only literally, it only matches two people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, I feel like there's no other way around it. We know what she's talking about. Yeah. I just think, like, Twitter, it was just too much today. Like, I'm going to be honest, we're doing too much. So, <laughs> yeah, it definitely was a lot. It got blown out of proportion. Like, it, he shouldn't have made a whole song devoted to a response. Just text her. Like, my nigga, calm down. And the response can, the response can easily be, well, uh, we don't know if she was talking about Cole and Kendrick. Well, we don't know if Cole was talking about her. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? So, But, I, then, but then Cole kind of went out. He, he went out on a limb and added her. Then but then he like, should have done that from, I feel like, the beginning. Like, he should be like, hey, I feel like that. But then X, it's y, like, why do you have to respond? If you know, like, if someone says, Marlon, you're not doing he shit. He didn't have to, like, he did, Cole so, did not have to respond to that at so, all. And that's kind of, that's his fault as well. Like, she's entitled to feel that way, but you just don't care because you know you've done X, Y, and Z. And so if someone says, Quan, 
you don't do shit for black community. And you know that's not true. Do you need to go out your way to prove that? Right. Or you think you've done enough? And exactly. I agree. And I think what where people are kind of missing that, because she said this. Cole was responding to this in particular, and he kind of expanded it and said, like, yo, if you are educated on X, Y, and Z, or if you, if you have any kind of knowledge on X, Y, and Z, if you want people to kind of join the movement with you mm-hmm. in whatever way it looks like, speak in a way that's, like, not condescending versus, versus like, invite them rather than, like, you force them to hold niggas' hands. Yeah, I don't want to say hold niggas' hands. You have so you to, as or one. you can, you have to be more patient when it comes to things, or because it's like, you look at it like this. Say, I don't know how to, like, explain it better. But I'm just saying, like, Everyone's not no name and her, her knowledge of like, and it's, and it's not that it even is is a difference between like saying I don't know how much knowledge she possesses in her head. Mm-hmm. She's smart, but people are basing how much she knows based um, on how much she says on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I mean, granted, that is like Twitter is like a good platform to kind of like convey all the knowledge and, and release all the knowledge that you have. But I don't think that's like that's mostly honestly it's like a, maybe an overflow of the stuff that she knows. So we don't know exactly how smart she is. Not this is no like this to her, but I'm just saying like you're putting too many expectations. You're trying to say it's 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 not it's not just ex expectations, but I think even like niggas saying that Cole was asking him to like educate her. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily him asking her to ed, asking her to educate him. It was merciful of her her saying, your approach of calling people out basically. Yeah, it's like, like invite people in rather than like like rather than like beat them down to join the movement. It's like a, it's like a way in which I wouldn't. Do it. Okay, I agree. I wouldn't say the term beat them down because I don't think that's what her tweet did. But I think her tweet, could I call it spicy? Like, it was just... I don't know if that's like a hard on a horror. Hold on. Let me read it again. Well, not read it to y'all. You heard it. Um, but then again, it's like if I, really, if I look at her tweet, it's just her essentially asking for accountability. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, am I mad at that? But then again, it's just like you're asking the wrong crowd. So, because you're, you're talking to the wrong people. Yeah. I get it. I get both sides. I just think looking too deep into it will just find create conflict out of nowhere. That's what I think happened. Cause, cause, Cole, the the reason why Cole's response was untimely is because within this week alone, like black women have, not in this week, like within the last like months, years, but in the context of now, just in this week, black women have kind of been experiencing like a, a lot of silencing, a lot of. Uh, well, not no, I would. Let's say that experiencing now, I think it's being more aware of. Yeah, yeah, we're not being necessarily. More, we're being made aware of that the amount of black women who have been silent, pushed to the side, abused, yeah. even though it's been happening for so long. I feel like men have been irresponsible and not really taking it serious. Yeah. So I, I applaud black women for using this time to kind of bring up what's going on, even though they've been trying for so long. And I think he was tone deaf. I can say that he was tone deaf in that moment because one. It was just it, because of all of that. You should have waited. You should have held on to this song, until this track, until maybe like. A, but then, what, why was this song necessary? That's what I'm saying. Even if you would have dropped it, still, if he, if in his mind he said, "I'm gonna release this song. I don't care. I just need the time when when to do it." Mm-hmm. Even then, like this was out of this week, out of over the last two days, this was mm-hmm. the last time to do it. Over the last like seven days, this was the last time to do I it. I think we can come to the conclusion that I feel like No Name should address. She's addressing the wrong crowd. She has the right to ask for accountability for men Definitely. who devote their, who make their money off of the backs of black people, but then don't do anything to march with them, help with them. So I can't be mad at that. But I think I th- Cole was the wrong one to kind of go at. 
I do think I do think that even Cole's if what? I do think even if that was the case, I feel like Cole was probably the wrong artist or Cole, like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he wasn't the artist to kind of like hold You're addressing the wrong that way because he's like yeah, because he's read the room. Yeah, that that's a read the room as well. Yeah. So it's like both people on cat in such to some degree, both of them had to kind of read the room before. Yeah, they there's wrong. both wrongs and there's both rights. Um, he shouldn't have made the song at the end of the day. He it it the doesn't song. make any sense. It, it made him look worse. It did. It's just like, if I'm being honest, I didn't know this tweet existed until I did not he know either. Made the song, so it's like you showing your ass. Like relax. Like nigga, like it just actually like this could have been anybody else, but it was like this is not and this is not to discredit no name, but it's like Cole is like an OG almost. He's close. And it's like for him to even kind of like take that step back. Cole is the OG. OG. Cole is definitely he's he's reaching OG status. I don't see why he wouldn't be. Okay. <laughs> why do you say okay like that? Okay. <laughs> so Marlon don't think Cole. To me, Cole is re, he's approaching OG status. He's like you know I mean, he's thirty five. He's gonna be out the game in like pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I would say that like. I just feel like he is kind of above that, like and above the whole social media kind of back and forth kind of thing. Like I wouldn't see Kendrick doing it back and forth on social media. Why? Because I feel like that is, it's it's beneath him. Not in the sense where he, I'm not like, speaking condescendingly about anybody who's on it, but just because of where his career is at and the stuff that he knows he's doing within his community and how far his mm-hmm. art has taken him. He don't got to do that no more. Like that's for like up and comers and, and niggas who's still trying to build like some kind of like rapport with people via social media because we live in it like we just live in that age Kendrick is kind of he he built his career before all that even happened yeah so he doesn't have to kind of resort back to it the same thing with Cole Cole built his career before social media was even popping like it is now. could you say Cole's reacting emotionally I think Cole is very much yeah, yeah, and that there's nothing wrong with reacting emotionally if he if he was if his feelings were hurt or his masculinity or ego but you could have just been like it's just like you could have texted her that's like, what I'm saying. I, like, exactly. Like, he, like just, anybody else, he could. I feel like he would have like hit up, and that's why it all looks so fishy. Cause it's like, oh, if this was a well, cause granted, Cole is when that nigga, when that niggas on like Cole called called out Kanye, and yeah, I don't know, Wale. and Wale like Cole called out called niggas out on tracks before mm-hmm. in the public before I even had any kind of awareness that he's hit him up like outside of that. Mm-hmm. So this is not just like oh he's doing this to a woman he can do this to nobody else. Like Cole yeah. has kind of a track record of like responding via. Via a song but I think or like just it's just different. Like it's just a different circumstance. If it, yeah, it's it's the time. Because him calling out Kanye so. is Kanye's publicly showing his ass, supporting mm-hmm. Trump, just being stupid. Wale was Wale, Wale is showing, on he was showing Twitter, his ass. Being emotional, showing his ass. That's his homies. Like, punk, he knows them. Disrespected him and called him a, like a bitch in that kind of Yeah, thing. no name. She just sp- stating her opinion. She was wrong. She was wrong, in, in but if you feel like she's wrong, you can address that in a different way. Yeah, I feel like I'm not, really... t- and I think I don't want to tell people how to address their hurt or whatever. But you look weird dropping a fucking song about her saying you're not doing shit if you know you're doing shit. Like, yeah, I just think she pinched you and you ran away. Yeah, and it's it's it, even in it, it's like kind of the small detail calling her queen. And using the word tone in that, I'm saying in that is kind of what like made it worse. Like it's a, okay. it's, it's so many, it's so I, many. Other we're things. gonna wait because there's no other black woman. So we're not gonna talk the about podcast. the word queen. But I, I'm, and I'm gonna say this question so I can post it on Twitter and Instagram and everything. But is the word queen is it passive aggressive? Like is it it's, condescending? I never knew that. Until, like until I, I saw, I saw it. a tweet today, it was like queen is um. A head bitch. wrapped for bitch, and I was like, damn. Like, I didn't, queen is I didn't bitch take, in the head wrap. I was yeah, like, what? I didn't take it like that, but. 
it's like, okay, if you don't want to be called queen, what do you want to be called when we're talking to you other than your name? Like, if I'm talking indirectly about you, and, and I think... Only reason why I kind of get called a pass and the queen thing. Well, one I never knew. I feel I, like I feel like he genuinely didn't know. Yeah, and I, I, like I didn't know either. Didn't know. Like I would view queen as just, oh, uh, just the word. Yeah. Like if you just said chick, shawty, like just belittling her, then I'm like, all right, I feel like it's no other word he could have substituted that wouldn't have caught in flat. Honestly. Yeah. I feel like if you because if said it's, the we're woman queen out of like nowhere, bro. Like, yeah. I'll be honest. Like I never. I just became aware. Of, like, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of just seen, became aware. Of I've it. seen people say like it's like a Showtime like word like queen and like I saw someone say black girl magic, but I don't know. I'm not a black woman, so I, I this is they're performing. They're performing a word. It's performing a word. That's a better way to put it. Um, but this is me just genuinely asking like, is the word queen condescending or passive aggressive? Yeah, that's crazy. And I would I would um, kind of follow it up by saying to like niggas. Whoever happens to come across this podcast and listen to it, whoever listens to it, Cole is not above reproach. Your favorite artists are not re- above reproach. Niggas was caping for Cole hard, yeah. and that upset me because it's like I'm 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 as big of a, fo- a Cole fan as anybody else, and I was not even trying to cape for him that hard. Cause I'm like he can be wrong. Yeah, like Jake Cole Drake can fan. be wrong. Drake can, Drake has been wrong. Drake all the time. exactly, bro. And I'm just like. Oh well, you're speaking patois and you're not Jamaican. Relax. So it's, so it's like, what do you want? Yeah, like I'm not gonna sit here and die, die on this hill for J Cole when he's not gonna see it, he's not gonna retweet it, he's exactly. not gonna send tickets to his concert. I understand that you feel a way towards your favorite artist, and it's about having dialogue, but without being so narrow-minded and one-sided. Have a conversation, not an argument, and a debate. Hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I had to drop some explosions on that because I was hard. I got sound effects, nigga. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, Cole is not above reproach. Both of them, to some All degree. All your favorite artists. Like, not no, yeah, no, none of your favorite artists are above reproach. And I kind of mentioned this, you don't got to drop explosions. But, like, I feel like we should, we should learn to, like, humanize our heroes. As in, uh, a lot of times we, we see them in a way in which they can do no wrong in our eyes. And I think that we should like learn to realize that they're still human and they can make mistakes, which yeah. a lot of them probably want us to understand, which is why even when like, I've seen Cole do interviews where he said, I don't want you to look at me as that person that essentially can do no wrong. Cause then when, when he does it, your heart is going to be broken. And yeah. it's like, you've got your own frame is going to kind of fall apart when you kind of look at people who, whom you admire in that way. So we should like learn to, in many ways, just humanize the people that we look up to or the people who've kind of impacted our lives in ways that maybe Cole has for some, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so n- while we're talking about... And no about, name can rap, by the way. She can rap. Okay. Her ass off. I never heard of music, to be honest. Oh, my God. But I've seen... But I've only... It's been quarantine. I'll be honest. I haven't been checking for any new music. After the baby dropped that, that even, sh- I mean, even shit turd, I was like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm, well, kind of putting niggas on, putting you on right now, too. No name can actually I'm, I'm rap. I'm checking out. Because I saw you tweeted today, and I was like, okay. Like, and I want to be known, like, you shouldn't discredit people because you don't know them as well. Like, I didn't know, I knew who No Name was. I didn't know exactly who she was. But it wasn't like, oh, because I don't know you, I'm just going to automatically Kate for Cole. I was like, no, let me hear her out. Let me see what she's talking about. But from one topic to the next. <laughs> so, what <horrible laughs> transition. Fuck it, though. Um... I want to get your opinion on um, B. Simone. I know this is kind of old, oh, shit. but no, I'm going to kind of defend her, oh, okay. high key, 
And I kind of am. <laughs> I only look at it crazy because um, it all started because she stated her what's the word? Her preference. She likes men who be her entrepreneur. Um, entrepreneur. Oh, <laughs> shit. I gotta read a book. Oh, my gosh. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs who check their emails at 3 a.m. and shit. It's whatever. That's fine. I don't really care. But it seems like Twitter. That's nothing. Like, I think people, we insert ourselves in people's business a little too much and care too much because people are like killing her, like dissecting her whole career while. You're trying to be an entrepreneur, but Nick Cannon's your boss. Like, a bunch of stupid shit. And I'm just like, what's wrong with y'all? And then it bothered me because we're in a time like this. We're trying to, we're marching for our freedom. We're trying to dismantle the police, defund the police, and essentially make change. And y'all niggas is arguing be small. I would say this. Over the last three podcasts we've had, we've done We've had to discuss somebody who put their foot in their mouth, and she has even dumbass boy of the week. She has put her foot in her put her foot in her mouth, like many niggas on yes. a few occasions <laughs> up until this. And yeah, she definitely lowered her voice after all of this mm-hmm. uh, kind of took place. I don't know. And then they start going on her book, but she had that coming though. Like if you ain't read that shit, nah, she ain't have. Did she had it? She had it coming. I think it would like, it would never happen if people weren't because it was like it was a star. So they were um, trashing her and getting on her because of her preference of men, and then it just transitioned like, okay, what else can you find on her? Oh, your book's trash, and let me go in, go in, go in. So I'm just like, damn, like, and I'm gonna be honest. Let me ask you this question. I know mm-hmm. for me, I never want to be famous. Would you want to be famous? No, no. I mean. I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't. This is a clear example of you just stating your own opinion, just talking, and people are just killing you for it. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I pers- it depends the kind of person you are. If you are the person who kind of thrives off uh, the acceptance of others, then you may not want to be in that kind of light where everything you say gets put some, gets put under a magnifying glass, and you mm-hmm. can definitely like you can literally mean the best mm-hmm. and eat all of your words, and that's just kind of how it is when you reach a certain level of stardom. It's like you can literally have, you can have the best intentions. And if one person takes one word and, and sort of puts it under a magnifying glass and they analyze it, that one word can mess up, can like, like cause you to misinterpret your whole sentence. And now you are like, you're getting dragged up and down. Yeah. The timeline. And I also look at it as like, it costs you money every time you gotta leave your house. Yep. Like you need security. You need a driver. Like I can't live like that. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you said you can't live like that. Hell no, nah. dude, that's crazy. It wasn't much on be small, but I just didn't like how. We're, it's just counterproductive, in my opinion. Very much, very much. Well, and again, she like how can you march for freedom and then shit on a black woman after that? Make it make sense. But okay, I say this. I say this. So you're not you're you're not in support of the the be Simone slander and stuff like that. It's not necessary. I, okay, For I, her book, I understand that. Like, you can't plagiarize. Like, you're stealing think, but you gotta, ideas. But that's what it's all connected. I don't care, honestly. I mm-hmm. didn't buy the book, and after, I didn't even, buy the book either. Like, I didn't know she had a book. Yeah, I knew she had a book. I just, I'm just, and it's thirty five dollars too. And that's yeah. like another, something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like even if I, if she wouldn't have, if she wouldn't have said everything that she did leading up to this, mm-hmm. even when, when the whole book scandal would have came out, people would have been a little more gracious. Because they thought she was a genuine person. So is she, she not ran... allowed to say anything? Mm-hmm. 
Like, so what did she say well, after she, the 9 to when, 5 thing? Well, no, well, so for one, she said she wasn't going to protest and, and do all the extra Oh, yeah, she was being stupid. That was, that, oh, was yeah, the dumb, the, stupid. that was like the dumbest of the dumbest thing you, she could have said. Then she was like slandering 9 to 5 niggas and like being condescending about people who got 9 to 5, not a CEO, and talking about like entrepreneurship and, and mm-hmm. manifesting it. She should have worded it better. You want people who aspire to, to have Who do the same income. thing you do. We all do that, though. Like, we, wait, what were you saying? She want she she, she should have just said she prefers somebody who was in the same profession as her. And yeah, the work or her. aspires to create an income outside of the nine to five job and then transition to that. It's a way. It's definitely a way she could have reworked. Yeah, re-worked she just it. sounded stupid. So if, if she wouldn't have did all of that when that book when the whole book scandal would have would have sort of came up, she wouldn't have had to go. People would have supported her because they trust her mm-hmm. and because she was she like she's genuinely a good person. Just like even the same way niggas was capable of cold. Why? Because there were never, there was never any situation where niggas were like doubting Cole's character. So that's mm-hmm. why so many people cape for him. Where her, she kind of set herself up for failure by she like being, putting herself in the in like sort of the bad with everybody that kind of followed her, and now niggas were just waiting for her to fall. So yeah, yeah, it was it's a lot, but she kind of she definitely did it to herself. It's like mm-hmm. it was like a self a self destruct kind of thing. Shout out to be small. Shout out to be small. <laughs> All right, let's get into. Well, this is kind of your topic though. Yeah, you're more knowledgeable about on this than me, but I'm gonna play the clip so y'all can hear what we talking about. Hold on. It's interesting because I feel like on the inside of the church we're fighting this historical context you talk about. In other words, we love the blessing of the cross, but we don't we don't love to sit in it mm. and realize this is what God's asking me to do: to die to myself and to live for Him whatever context that's going to look like for me. But I want to flip that upside down because I think the other side of it is true with our nation's history. We miss, we understand the curse that was slavery, Uh white people do, and we say that was bad. But we miss the blessing of slavery, that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in and lived in. Huh? Let me, let me, <laughs> he said I, yes. Wait, what? He said yes. Let me um finish the clip. And so a lot of people call this white privilege, and when you say those two words, it just is like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. And so I know that you and I both have struggled in these days with, hey, yeah. if the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. Sure. Let's get down to what then do you want to call it? And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing that I'm living. Wait, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hear this part. He said this? Yeah, bro. Oh, whoa, whoa the blessing of the curse that happened generationally mm-hmm. that allowed me to grow up in Atlanta. And, you know, you're talking about being 57. If you were 57, I can't imagine being that old, Dan, and being 57. <laughs> but uh, I've said to our church, Lecrae, a few weeks ago, when I was born, the day I was born on Boulevard at Georgia Baptist Hospital in 1958, black people did not have equal rights in this city. Not my grandparents' lifetime or their lifetime in my lifetime. This is right now mm-hmm. what we're talking about today and okay mm-hmm. uh, what so, hold, on, hold, on, hold on okay i don't know how that nigga like did not just take off on car on the spot <laughs> or just 
just don't even finish your sentence. A blessing? Yeah, he said that, bro. Whoa. How did Lecrae even get in this room? Whoa. All right, Quan, OPM, this is your time to shine. All right, so just for context, Lecrae is talking to a, a pastor of, I believe the church is Passion City. I could be, uh, could be wrong. But um, and he's with the CEO of Chick Fil A. Yes, and he is very much in this in the same conversation with the CEO of Chick Fil A. Uh, some people were invited on the panel with Lecrae, and I believe one of those one of those people were um, uh, Bernice King, I believe is her name, which is uh, the daughter of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So uh, that's kind of context. It's basically a, a, a conversation regarding racial reconciliation, that kind of thing, and they were going to talk about race and race relations. And they got it to talking about theology, and the pastor, he tried, he tried, and failed to draw an analogy between the blessing and curse of the cross, and the blessing and curse of slavery, and him, in which the blessing, uh, the curse of slavery was uh, the history and the narrative that African Americans kind of live in now of disenfranchisement, of economic plight, of uh, social sort of for lack of a better phrase, uh, destruction and like a loss of identity and all these kind of things. And so that's the curse and the blessing is what white people have, which is economic and economic advantage, uh, social advantage and these kind of things. Instead of seeing this as a privilege, they see it as a blessing. And that is like, I don't know if that's something that's rooted in within the, the theology of him, of that he teaches or in his church, but that is very much dangerous and Lecrae being someone who has for the most part spent a lot of his years trying to uh, remove himself from the evangelical church he definitely put himself back in the bad situation and in this case he didn't put his foot in his mouth because people are upset because he didn't say nothing in the first place mm-hmm. he, he like yeah he exactly he people were offended because he let, allowed himself to be offended in that way and not basically like fight back for just as 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 aggressive as it may sound, but it not basically fight back. And it's like, go ahead. Question: Do you think he wanted to wait until the man fully said everything and then rebuttal? So and I, kind of slap the shit out of him. But yeah, I'll say this. Cause I don't because I don't have the rest of the video, but I'm pretty sure you watched the rest of the video. Like, did he? I definitely have. Like, did a he lot do of a res- did he respond in a responsible way? Yeah, okay, and this is what this is the thing too. People are asking him. People are upset because they didn't want him to respond responsibly, but at the same time, for him, which is it's, he came in with a lot of baggage for one, because he kind of like recently he put on Twitter, "I was at a protest last night. I'm still I'm still mourning. I'm still grieving. I'm still in a lot of trauma." So to kind of walk right into this and get hit upside like hit with a haymaker off the bat, it's like, whoa! I was not expecting him to say something like that, and he kind of was like, it's one of those moments where some like he wasn't prepared. Yeah, if somebody like. People would say a lot of times, oh, if somebody called me N-word, I'm going to hit him in the face. And it's very much a lot of times where someone could say something extremely racist to you or, like, something that's, like, obviously, like, yo, that was racist. It's a moment where you kind of feel yourself stuck. Like, almost like it's kind of, it resembles that of, of uh, what is it, and Get Out, the... Um, the sunken place. The sunken place. You can't move your, and, like, in, in a sense, you're almost paralyzed because you've been so stuck by, like, what you just experienced with, in which you kind of fall into this this mode of like I can't even I can't believe that just happened. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why people were uh, were upset. Which he kind of came behind and like well, f- and on social media that night he was basically going back and forth and black woman, which kind of contributes to the 
the things they've been experiencing this week in particular, they were upset because he was like a lot more aggressive with them critiquing him while he was up there than he was with the white man who said something very like offensive to him. And it's like, how are you going? How are you going to like basically like cut ties like with the black woman that's kind of supporting you and telling you you should have did this, that, and the third, but you didn't have that same energy for the white dude you was on stage stage with who said like white privilege is a white blessing. So it's like that's kind of like a little bit of the, of the of the tension that's been surrounding it. And I was upset because I've been I've been a Lecrae fan for the longest, and I've seen kind of how he sort of transitioned from being in a place where he was very much making music and stuck in this kind of stuck in this kind of space of seeking validation from the white from like white evangelicals and people and I guess the white church if I can use that phrase. And now he's at a place where he's a little more comfortable with his identity. And he's able to talk about himself more and you get up there and the same people who you wanted to kind of like be a representative for are the ones whom you failed because you wanted to kind of pander and cater to white evangelicals so mm. that is that's that was my core my core with it and and that was like kind of why i was why even after watching it i was i wanted it's one of those things where i wanted to hope i didn't want to uh look at i didn't want to hold them accountable because he was one of the people who I thought were above reproach. Like, this is the second time a rapper has let me down this week. Cole and then, not, like, Willow Cray first and then Cole. So this is the second time I was like, well, it was just the first time this week I was like, damn, bro, like, you, you had a chance to do something right and to kind of, you know what I mean? And he definitely, like, he didn't say nothing at all. So, which he kind of came around and, and fixed. But in the moment, these are, these are the things that I was kind of feeling. So it's, it, was, it was a lot, but... People and people were definitely coming for him on social media, as all, as like people gonna do it for always. So that's disappointing. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I didn't I know what really happened until like I saw the reaction. Yeah. And then by the time we started recording the pod, I was like, it's too late. Um, yeah, I, I watched the whole thing, and it, you can go back and watch the whole interview. He responded after. Don't get me wrong, he did respond, but it was very like. It he was she was trying very hard to to keep the peace and to be diplomatic and that kind of thing and to and it's hard to have these kind of conversations and once for especially with white people once you get emotional or once you kind of get enraged they check out of the conversation. So, yeah, so that was my question. If he didn't respond diplomatically and just cool, calm, and collective, do you think? His response would have registered the same way that's, with the white person. That's what conflict. That's what a conflict. So, I'm, in that sense, it's like if you're gonna get up there and don't get up there and let your words go to waste, basically. Mm-hmm. But if you are gonna get up there, at least in that moment, in that moment, I feel like it was gloves sort of came off in terms of what you said, because it was now was now it's fair game. If you went up there and it would have been cordial the whole way through and he would have not got aggressive, it's cool because now words are being exchanged, but nobody said nothing off the wall. But once that happens, yeah. now it's, it's almost like going in a kickboxing fight where you're only kicking and somebody punch you in the face. Oh, but I'm, now I'm like, I'm throwing the punch back because yeah. you just basically, you, you broke the rules. Can you imagine if Dr. Umar was in that room? <laughs> if Dr. Umar was in that room, like that nigga would have got drug off the stage. Probably. Yeah, that studio been set ablaze. Yeah, but Dr. he would never be invited to that kind of space, unfortunately. He probably won't even accept it, if I'm being honest. What? Oh, to, Dr. Umar? He wouldn't, he wouldn't talk to white people about race. Hell he don't no. care. But he's, he's just, our last hope at this point. Yeah, but for him to say some stupid shit like that, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm still a Lecrae fan, but hopefully he learned from this experience. And mm-hmm. yeah. So then my question to you is, like, now, people like that who are extremely racist and obviously racist and racist and then 
kind of doesn't see change. Like to call white privilege a white blessing, like that's kind of cra- that's crazy. That was it. Was, but in his eyes, it's a blessing. So for people like that, oh shit, I can't even hear myself. So for people like that, do you think um, there's such like a lost cause? It's. It, I think for that, it's like it's it's so bad to the point where it's like. So and you got you got to understand religion. You got to understand like how woven that ideology probably which kind of uh, I guess disclaimer. He the pastor came out and he issued an apology, like a deep apology to like anybody. I guess I don't know if he didn't recognize in the moment what he was saying, but he he issued apology to everybody who heard it. So that was I guess that's kind of a, uh, a I guess that's a good thing he recognized it and apologized. But for people like that, so much of that worldview and ideology is woven into their faith mm-hmm. that it's so hard to kind of pull them apart from it because so much of their faith is wrapped is like woven into how they live in their lives and like you know what I mean when when something is a part of your faith, it's hard to kind of remove yourself from it because that's yeah. something that you kind of place your it's like supernatural. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be extremely hard to convince somebody that genuinely believes that. Otherwise, because it's tied to your faith, it's tied to your like your narrative and the way you view your identity. All these things are kind of clumped together, so it's hard to kind of pull it, pull them out. So, and like as we're talking, I'm always thinking of questions to ask, and this is for everyone, like generally, like outside the pod. If your beliefs and faiths go against what you believe or what you see or perceive to be the norm or what's right, what what side are you gonna fall on? Are you gonna continue to follow your religion, uh, or like, let's, I don't know, I have an example. Um, okay, like homosexuality, right? A lot of Christians don't agree with it, they don't believe it, whatever. A lot of Christians do believe it and are fine with it. Let's say it's not as black and white. Either. It's very, it's not black and white at all. Well, I'm, well, I'm like, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, let's say, for an example, there, for your church, it's either we don't accept gay marriage. If you do, you can't come to this church. What are you gonna do? I think for a lot of people, I mean, I can't, I can't answer this question for them. This is for them to answer. But like, are your morals above your religion? Yeah, and from from what I've seen, people have. So, and it's it's a conversation you have to have in regards to like scriptures, which is a conversation we don't like. I I don't have a, I have a little range, but I don't have the range to talk about it to that degree. But I know for for the most part, a lot of people interpret scripture and read scripture a lot differently and and it kind of goes down to what how do you interpret scripture when it comes to sexuality when it comes to your body when it comes to gender and that and those kinds of things yeah and you like kind of, anything and like i don't want to just be like it's not black and white specific, it's, yeah yeah it's like yeah. how do you draw how do you navigate through it and then draw it out from how you kind of mm-hmm. from whatever point you whatever point you reach in your studies and how you interpret the scriptures that's 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 kind of how i've came to see it I definitely post this question on um, Instagram and stuff and Twitter to see what how people respond. Yeah. But I don't know, cause I know, cause it's I don't want to say just black churches, cause I've I've been to three different churches, two black, one white. Mm-hmm. So like an example, the first church I ever went to, they kicked my sister off like the praise dance team because she had a nose ring, but she got the blessing of the pastor. So I'm just like, okay, like that's weird. So then we left. It was like, nah, like y'all just can't, op- y'all just operating on some weird shit. Yeah. Then I went to this, um, I won't call it a white church. What was it? I've been to the church by the Glades. It's a big church um, in Coral Springs by the Everglades. Um, and this is the first church I've ever been to where you can like 
literally wherever, wear whatever you want. Like, I would go to church in, like, jeans and T-shirt. And I, I'm like, okay, this is crazy, but whatever. Yeah. And they were <clears throat> a bit more open to things and talking about things and how people should open their minds and shit. So I was like, okay, like, this is more progressive. Then I go to another black church, Designer's Way, and it's like a, a mix of both worlds. It's like traditional, but it's like, nah, the world's changing, so social we. And I think that's like the best thing to do. Cause I wouldn't, like I'm Christian, I'm, I'm religious, but I'm very like, I don't like when I go to church and they talk about like money, 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 money. Like it, yeah. it bothers me, it makes me uncomfortable. So I like to where it's just like, your church home is, is a home essentially, like you're comfortable. I wish there's more people on the podcast because we could talk about more about this, but <clears throat> it's just me talking like, are you, there's another question within a question, like, are you comfortable moving your church home if their beliefs and values don't line up and match up? I think beliefs? a lot of people do that. That's the case. I mean, I've personally, that, like, have you been to the same church your whole life? No, that's, in that, even that in the question you just asked that, my answer to that has like, my answer to that is like, yes, I will move in like, them not my church is not sharing the same belief as me has not been like the main reason I move, mm-hmm. but it's been like it's a factor. Yeah, it, it, it factors in. It's not even necessarily that they believe what I believe. It's like that if are they passionate enough about the things that I'm passionate about when it comes to my faith? One, how do they interpret the scriptures and how do how do those things kind of influence the way in which they live their lives? And a lot of times people leave churches for those reasons. Like mm-hmm. if you only care about certain things or if you're not acknowledging uh certain aspects of the faith or things that like you feel like you're it calls you to do then if if, with the, if these things don't align then we we not going to be able to kind of mm-hmm. I, I can't i'm not going to assimilate yeah so then what are because every church i've gone to <clears throat> it's always been a foundation laid by like my family so like when i grew up when i was growing up the church that i went to as a kid my grandma my auntie and my all my cousins went there so that's the church we went to like that was a church home for my family yeah. Then we moved the mom found a new church. So then as a young adult, what are things that what are things that, that help you decide if this church is your home? Oh, I should ask my sister. Hold on. <laughs> oh Marlon's Marlon's gonna uh, phone a friend. Stina! Come here. I need your opinion. I just have to answer one question. I need to answer one question. Can I be honest? Yeah, you can be honest. <laughs> so I have my sister. Woo, hold on, hold on. I have applause. Hold on. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. <laughs> All right. Can you sit down, please? Okay. Um. So we're talking about church and we're talking about religion. Um. Because you're the first person in our family to move to Tampa and you found a home, a church home. Mm-hmm. What are factors that played in to help you choose that church home? Like, what were things that you look for when finding a new church? The first thing is the spiritual leader, that the word is actually coming from the Bible. It's not just someone talking about their experiences or giving um, prosperity preaching, which is just, God loves you, everything will be okay, because that's not the world we live in. So for me, I wanted a pastor that would talk to me about situations that I was actually going to going through and that was real and raw about it that wouldn't go around the issue and make you feel comfortable because there's things that we have to do in the gospel that are uncomfortable 
Um, the praise and worship at my church is fire. I love praise and worship. It's the way that I feel like I connect to God. Um, so just being able to go into the presence of God with great praise and worship and then also the people. So those are like the main things, but I feel like I need to know that God's presence is there, not just by show, because just because someone is running around doesn't mean the spirit of God is in the room. It's something that you feel individually, and I felt it at my church, and that's how I knew that was my church home. Question. Okay. So like, what about, what if, because uh, we were talking, like, if they, if what if, like, there are some things when it comes to, like, I guess, scripture or about in, in regards to the faith that you may be passionate about that your church doesn't share the same passion for. So, like, an example would be, like, if, I, if I'm if i someone who cares about, like, I value Jesus' teaching and I see Jesus says, like, yo, y'all should feed the poor and y'all should, like, do justice and y'all should, like, uh, uh, release the chains of, like, oppression and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. But the church doesn't value these things as much and I honestly kind of feel like I'm, like, alone in that sense. Do you stay or do you kind of like slowly ease your way out of the church? You go. Because the thing is, is who you are as a person can't be compromised. And if that's supposed to be your spiritual leader, they should be leading. So on moments like this in particular, with what's happening in the world, um, I think that the church should be loud. Mm -hmm. The church should be very, very loud. Because historically, we're in a huge issue because of the basis of the church, mm -hmm. if we're gonna be completely honest. Um, people use religion to keep people underneath their thumb, mm -hmm. and that's the truth. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I think that this is the time where Christians should be loud because we know the effect of our religion and we know the aspects and the, and the ways that we can help the world. So if my church was silent, it's just a wrap. Because some things you can't be silent about. Yeah. Some things are completely biblical. And injustice, that's not even a question. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank you, Christina. That's my sister. Um, yeah, don't text me about a silly nigga. <laughs> this nigga Marlon. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of that conversation went a long way, mm -hmm. but yeah, that, I think that was that was a good segment, definitely. Uh, so if you don't know who Lecrae, or by the way, we not eating Chick Fil A no more because the, the CEO of Chick Fil A was on that stage on that panel as well, and this nigga was talking out of pocket too. So we but not we eating. We've been that, like we did, we been new, Sunday, but that was kind of like supports um anti LGBTQ plus. He supports Trump. Too. He does. Um, hold on, I'm gonna play something. And just so y'all know, we not at protests shucking and jiving with the crack 
the police. Yes. We not shooking and jiving with the authorities. We not hugging them. We, we not, not doing none of that. Like you can talk to me, but yeah, yeah I like, talk to you. But I won't. I'm not. I'm not about to be caught. I'm not finna fraternize with the ops. Yeah. If you can't inflict change within your own society, your own organization, what do you think me dancing with you and talking to you is gonna do? Yeah. Nah, nigga, you gotta go. Like you need to go fraternize with your with your with your people. But with you your oppress. With your master. <laughs> you got so much love. You got so much hate for yourself. Have a little compassion, cause you love. I forgot what Umar Johnson said, but this nigga was spitting. He said you got so much love for the oppressor that you can't have a little compassion for yourself. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. You got so much love for your oppressor, you can't even have a little bit of compassion for yourself. And that's a lot of y'all. Child. But <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you. Um, these coronavirus um numbers oh, yeah. are, are going up. We, uh, we're breaking live. Was it breaking live news? Reporting live. Two U.S. football players have tested positive for COVID. She. Yeah. <laughs> it's all. I I I outed it, but it's already on the on the timeline. So I'm just I'm just getting y'all up to speed for the people who don't know. Two, uh, US, football, US football players have tested positive for COVID-19. And cases in Florida are going up because niggas want to go to the club, Orlando, and two bartend, a bartender and I think a service, a, 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 um, a bottle girl or something like that got tested, po- tested positive for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. I've read something, I don't know for sure now, but they're going to shut like restaurants and bars down again. Back down again because niggas don't want to stay in the house. Niggas, niggas didn't stay in the house in the, in the first place. But the thing is, though, we shouldn't have opened up in the first place because no numbers no. are going up because of bars and restaurants and clubs are open. Yeah. But they shouldn't have been open because the numbers are going to go up. Child, I already knew quarantine part two was coming. I thought it was going to be more. We like thought we would be in phase three. So all you niggas that got parties across Florida are going to have to cancel them hoes again. Shit, boy. Think I'm going to be the scapegoat for the whole damn machine? Shit. <laughs> Hey yo, for real, y'all niggas stay in the house, bro. Like, bro. nigga, at this point, I feel like niggas just being like, I don't want to say, well, it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. Yeah, niggas just being irresponsible. And at this point. Let it be known, the numbers are not going up because of the protests. Because the protests I've been to, masked up, hand sanitizer, and nobody's touching. Yeah, honestly, like no one's touching. Like, but hey. in the club when niggas making your drinks. And, and people and in in locker rooms where niggas left touching the same weights and mm-hmm. niggas laying on the same bench and niggas sweating and yeah. lockers right next to each other y'all breathing all on each other neck and back of the ear it's like nah yeah bro. I went to the gym but I went to Orange Theory and um the numbers are a lot limited and like it's just mad space and yeah like basically I'm using my own machine no one's next to me someone uses the machine after me but I clean it the instructor cleans it and the person after uh, yeah, after, the person about to use it cleans as well, and then they deep clean it after. But for the most part, yeah, um, coronaviruses, the numbers are going up. Um, this is me bad, like. Yeah, I mean, I I genuinely was look, I was looking forward to like having a little more freedom, mm-hmm. like going to a party, seeing a bunch of black people. Mm-hmm. Which June, I mean Juneteenth week, I'm going up still. Like it don't matter. But, but after that, it's after that, it's just like I have nothing else to really look forward to. Yeah, like I was prior to. All the in China didn't China just close back close back up? Where? Uh, who you told me earlier? I think it was China or somebody that. that oh yeah, back, I think it was like Beijing. Like oh, okay, China, so. like they've already been prepping for wave two, and I think they're back in wave two right now. Yeah. Um, so we like we moving backwards, y'all, and we supposed to be like we don't take backward steps when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, we just gotta take it serious. But all in all, just be safe, be smart. 
Like, honestly, if you just take the right precautions, you'll be fine. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and stay away from people. Like, Kwan ain't close to me, and I Here we go. definitely <laughs> have to make him check his temperature because he's in my house. Okay, well, now we lying. I know, I'm lying. But I'm, I'm getting a no-touch thermometer, nigga. Yeah. Clarence is gonna shit as far as the federal money. <laughs> He's so funny. Shout out Clay Davis. But um, nigga Isaiah Whitlock. Isaiah. Oh, oh that's his name. Yeah. Oh, child. But yeah, <laughs> Quan and I were watching um the Five Bloods earlier. I don't know if y'all have seen produced that. Produced by Spike Lee Joint. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was actually really good. Um, ish. It was really good. I think, and honestly, Spike Lee movies have, I feel like sometimes they're oversaturated in symbolism and theme. Yeah. Like. But then, no, honestly, his movie has always had, had the same kind of look and like, mm. the, and like I guess, uh, directing and production to it. Like, yeah, people, like certain camera angles, like he always has like the, almost like the fisheye type of lens where yeah. the camera's in front of somebody and like we're kind of looking down on them, like yeah. little boy in them. And we saw that. He with um the son yeah and then as the movie went on he became his own man and like it was sad though Very, in, he, in moments i was like damn he does then, a good job at, at um allowing his characters uh personalities to kind of like uh character like, growth yeah, yeah he does he does a good job at that at, and, and development like at the beginning of the movie you see some things without ruining it but it's definitely uh great character development like you're content with the, how the movie ends. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, everyone's happy. Um, it was a great movie, honestly. Like, I had no problems with it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I watched the Malcolm X movie for the first time. The Denzel one. Denzel, yeah. But what I did, though, what I did was I watched Who Killed Malcolm X first on Netflix. The documentary. We killed him. <laughs> this is a conversation that's gonna be about Malcolm X. Who killed him? It was a nigga. It he was black. Like we, they knew who killed him. Like this is okay. <laughs> let me get, let me rant. Marlon, Marlon is having an uh, enlightened moment right now. No, it was not enlightening. I knew a black man killed Malcolm X. The problem that I had so was, you don't, oh, well, yeah, well, is that the community know and they essentially shielded him and was like. As the guys investigating, they're like, don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. He's fine. I'm like, what? He killed Malcolm X. <laughs> Are you dumb? Nah. Like, we're not going out like that. Like, I understand there was a disconnect between the, the Nation of Islam and Malcolm X yeah. and how the ministers felt like he was taking on the limelight. But, I mean, even, well, I mean, he, he after he took his, uh, after his uh, pilgrimage um, back to, uh, uh, the word he used, the Mecca. He came back, and I think he was well, his book in his book, and a lot of stuff that you read. It says he kind of experienced like a lot of. Uh, he had it was like a change, like a yeah. A he was very apologetic change. after like, yeah. and like you could see like he was just fighting for change. And he was and he was kind of like. But not, by then it was too late though. Yeah, like he people noticed they noticed that he was kind of like detouring from. Uh, the route that he was originally on, I guess, in regards to his relation to the nation mm-hmm. and and I guess his worldview and ideologies and that kind of thing, and that yeah. he was kind of shifting. So I'm, I mean, maybe that has something to do with it too. I mm-hmm. don't know, 
Denise, I'm watching the documentary actually. No, the the documentary is really good because it goes in details about a lot of things that the movie doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then because you watch the documentary, you know what led to that moment. You know what happened. Yeah. Like in the movie, it doesn't talk about Malcolm X. And this is fact, so I'm not ruining anything. Pick up a book, nigga. <laughs> this nigga. I'm just saying. Um, like J. Cole, no name. <laughs> Why well, I gotta teach you? It's it's out there. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. Like an example, um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told Malcolm X, you are no longer to speak in public. Because he, um, what do you do? He said something about, he said that he was happy about the death of the president. So after that, like, he was suspended. He goes to Miami, and he meets up with Cassius Clay, who's now Muhammad Ali. And essentially, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm trying to think what happened. Who are you talking about? Muhammad Ali? Yeah, yeah, So, like, it was almost like Malcolm was trying to bring um, Muhammad Ali to the Nation of Islam, which he was. But then they kind of intercepted that and it made it seem like the ministers did it and um, the messenger. Mm-hmm. And then he got his name. Um, but then Malcolm did it. And after a while, they were like, yeah, he's just not coming back. Like, you have to... The documentary is so good. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to like, watch it Like, it's really entertaining. I was like, wow. Um, and then to watch the movie after, it's like, it matches up. And I was told the movie takes things from his book. Um, it's just a great... It's a great circle. Um, definitely recommend 10 out of 10. That, The Five Bloods. What else on Netflix is good? I heard Insecure is good. I haven't watched it. I, I have yet to get into Insecure. Oh. I get into it. There's two things. So the first thing I would say, if you like basketball, watch The Carter Effect. It talks about Vince Carter's impact on the city of Toronto because they had, a, uh, I think he was like, he got there like two, three years after the team was formed. So like, it just shows the effect on a city that one man could have. Um, and then how to, how to get away with murder. Huh? Vince Carter. Yeah, he retired. Yeah, I hate to oh, see him. I saw him. I saw his. When my mom took me to New York. Um, I saw him play against the Knicks. Oh, really? And she didn't know he was my favorite player, and then she didn't know like the Knicks was my favorite team, even though we suck. So like, she started to big up herself out there, but it was for my. It was my birthday gift. I think it was my birthday gift. But yeah, she took me to New York, and I watched my favorite player play my favorite team for the last time. Mm. Heartbreaking. It was. It was sad, and then to see the NBA go out like this, I'm like, damn, like. I wish he went out like Kobe or went out like Wade, like just like a, or Dirk or Tim Duncan, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was sad. Like I wanted to see his last game in Toronto and get a standing ovation and watch him cry. Like you, and they'll probably give it to him after the fact. But, but while we're on the NBA, it's supposedly coming back. Well, first I wanted to play two clips, um, so y'all can kind of understand what's going on. So first this is Steven Jackson going off on Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Hey, what's up world? Stephen A. Smith. I was checking you out, my brother. I see what you just said, but let me give you a little game. One, you can't tell a man what to fight for. Two, us as the blacks, we never had this moment. And I've heard that from people that's been fighting for us to be equal for 50 plus years. I've heard our day mouth say we've never had this moment. 
So why not take advantage of it? Maybe Kyrie understands this moment. We've never had this moment. So we got... Uh, he's not saying anything after that, really. So for those who don't know, the NBA um, voted and approved to have a season, not restart, but res uh, resume the season in Orlando within a bubble. And the players voted, they said yes, and everything's moving along. So then Kyrie Irving, and this is one of the few cases where I understand both sides. So Kyrie Irving then comes in and says, you know what, I think the NBA will be a distraction, and it's going to take away from what we have now. We have great momentum, let's keep on moving, let's keep on pushing. A lot of other players was like, he was like, um, let's protest and let's continue to protest. Other players were just like, we can use the NBA to protest. Like, if a microphone's in my face, I'm going to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything else. Granted, everyone's not going to do that, but um, I could see why it's a distraction. Niggas, if LeBron is playing at 7, niggas, niggas ain't leaving the house at the 4.30. Like, People, it's gonna be a distraction, um, but I hear I heard some people saying arguing like use your platform wisely. Like if you're if millions of people are watching you, then talk about what you want to talk about. The other problem is a lot of players are arguing like, hey, I can't afford to not play because I need to make money. And granted, even though these guys are millionaires, you're gonna live a millionaire lifestyle. So it's just and you should save your money. But regardless, the fact is. Everyone's not a millionaire in the NBA. Well, every, no, everyone's a millionaire. <laughs> but I'm just saying, Roughly. everyone's not as well off. So it's just like, you never know people are paying for their mama stuff, their auntie stuff. Like, there's a lot of players and rookies who just don't have it right now. Yeah. Um, the problem is, if the NBA cancels the season, this is something that Stephen A. Smith brought up, then the collective bargaining agreement can come back up and they can kind of fiddle with things because it's there's now... There's a ripple effect that will take Yeah, place. because now the owners are at loss more than the players if the season is canceled so that they can argue for more terms and conditions in their favor. So it's a very slippery slope. I just wish that Kyrie would have said something earlier, not after. Like, he was one of the ones who voted yes initially. And I'm not saying you're wrong for what, how you change, be, he, like, but it's just like, you, you kind of put the NBA in a tough position because in the beginning they were weighing their options and seeing everything that was going on. If you would have brought this up earlier, then it would have been an easier decision. Yeah. But now that they approved everything, they've created the bubble, created everything, uh, made a lot of rules and guidelines, like basically made everything up. Got uh, They're preparing everything now because the NBA is going to start in a month, essentially. And now to say this, it's just like... It's almost like, I don't know what you want me to do type of thing. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, uh, at the, they're at the point now where they have to see, they have to kind of like navigate through how will we be impactful with the decision that we've already made. Because mm -hmm. they, they don't have to just say, oh, we're taking an L because we're going to start the NBA back. Yeah. It's like. They're going to play. I'm telling you that. They're exactly. Not gonna get season. They're going to play. And now the, the, what they have to figure out is how will we uh, be impactful with this decision that we've essentially yeah. voted on to play, which they can, and, they, they, they can still, the NBA can still make itself uh, with all the attention that it's gonna have. Yeah, and they can still make itself sort of a banner or a, um, sort of or like a medium through which people can 
pull in with the things that mm. they want the world to hear. And I think hear. the difference between the NBA and the NFL, the NBA are more open to things. Like, yeah, we've much. seen that they made Donald Sterling sell the team. We let they let players protest and things like that. Like, they're not as they're not as bad as the NFL. Basically, is what I'm saying. They're not as America. As yeah, America. Yeah, but. But one thing that Kyrie did say, and I was thinking about this, the and Black he was Gen- spitting. He was like, yo, start our own league. They put together all their money, they probably can do that. Not probably, they, well, they can. They like, can't do that. If you so, t- it, honestly, the, the whole, what, what, 70 plus percent of the league is like niggas. Black, yes. So it's like, why, like, it, 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 people will follow if they do it. That, and it's just like, and this, because the XFL, perfect example. The NFL is a football powerhouse juggernaut. Well, college football than the NFL. And then there's a third league. There's no third league for the NBA. There's no second league. Like, there's, um, what's the word? Like, semi-pro, but it's not as televised or anything like yeah. that. So, knowing that, I can see, like, Jay-Z, like, black execs, people with money, even the players can fund this league or this association. Agreed. And someone be like, so where are they going to play? We have historically black college and universities all across the nation. High schools. Facts. Like, we can build stadiums after a while. Like, the money's going to be there. Somebody will let them use that. Yeah. Like, the money will be there. And I'm pretty sure there's owners, um, stadiums, who probably be in support of that. Um, I don't know if the NBA, I, I'm, this is me being ignorant, I'll be honest, I don't know. I don't know if the NBA is being as bad as the NFL when it comes to things like that. Like, I can see NFL players wanting to resort to starting their old league because they're so highly policed. Opposed to the NBA where they get paid more, they're able to do more, essentially. But I'm not an NBA player, so I don't know. But I'm all for starting your own league, especially when you run and dominate the league. If these rich white billionaires are making money off of you, then if they're I look at this. If LeBron who's the highest paid contract gonna be? Let's say the highest paid contract is Kevin Durant at thirty five million. If Kevin Durant is worth thirty five million in one year to the own like if that's his contract, then he's worth triple that or double that. Yeah. So it's just like the money is there. We just have to use this opportunity to take it and usurp the oppressor. That was deep, no? <laughs> you served? That's a big word, eh? That, that, that is a big word. You know what I'm saying? He just Googled that word before he used it. Nah, I don't know where it came from. But but let me play what um, Stephen A. Smith said. Like, his rebuttal to what Stephen Jackson said. Stephen Jackson, my brother, nothing but love for you. Let me say that out off the bat. You know, I got love for you. We go back a long ways and we're going to continue to go back a long ways. My brother, mad love and respect to you. And my heart goes out to you and all the loved ones for George Floyd for what happened to him. I know that hits home for you. It hit home for a lot of us, but for you in special ways without question. Having said all of that, you told me you was going to hit me to the game. Let me hit you to some game. I disagree with Kyrie. I ain't changing one bit. And please don't tell me what a black man should say because a black man should speak his mind, particularly with intelligence and knowledge, if he has it. You have it. I believe I have some of it. 
I believe in this instance, even though Kyrie Irving is a knowledgeable and good brother in this instance, I don't think he displayed his knowledge about this. You know about the force majeure provision in the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA. You know that if the NBA season gets canceled, they can reopen talks and ultimately players are going to lose billions. You know about the tens of uh, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of jobs across the NBA landscape that's going to be lost if an NBA season doesn't resume. You know what kind of catastrophic effect that could potentially have on the economy. Now, I understand we're going to look at it and we're going to say desperate times call for desperate measures. Somehow, some way, this got to change. I agree with you. But what is that change? Because guess what? I heard it from you, Stephen Jackson, watching you on CNN, talking about legislation on Capitol Hill, talking about how you didn't want to go see the president, talking about you ain't trying to be no photo op, that you want to raise awareness like LeBron and so many others are doing and then hand that baton to somebody who knows what to do with it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not going to play the full clip, but that was just a quick synopsis of what he was talking about. And by saying that, like, can you, like, can you disagree with that? Like, like it's almost like, I, it's one of them perfect storms where I literally understand both sides. Okay. Um, are you okay? Sorry, I was doing something on my phone. But, um... I'm just saying, like, it's a, it's tough, but I think all in all, um, awareness is the 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 key component. As long, sorry, <laughs> like, I was doing something on my phone. Oh my goodness! As long as players use their platform, because they're gonna play. Like, I'm sorry, it's gonna happen. Yeah. As long as players use their platform and use this moment to talk about the issues and bring more awareness so that because people are going to use this like the NBA to not pay attention to the news not pay attention like I want it to where you can't outrun this because I believe change will come but we cannot take our foot off the gas realistically realistically the league shouldn't have started it 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 would have I I'm just speaking I'm speaking for everybody else that's kind of outside of the NBA. Mm -hmm. I think personally I mean the decision has been made so we got to kind of like play with the hand we dealt ourselves. But mm -hmm. even before all this as someone who's kind of on the outside looking in, I would say that the league should have been like because everything going on it should have been it should have been like it should have been postponed. That's just me being honest. Well that's just how I personally feel. Yeah. I mean regardless of I'm not cuz if you were if you were thinking about like capitalism and people's pockets and that kind of thing, then it's like that you, that's going to inform like your opinion on it. But if you're someone who's who doesn't really care, then it's like. But then I I understand and I agree with you. It shouldn't have started. But their counter can be if we don't start by this date range, it's going to have long term effects in the future because now. By them starting um, NBA basketball now, they won't um, conflict with the NFL schedule, like everything like that. But then again, it's all about money. Yeah. But, but then okay. So here's a question: Do you think that a professional athlete who makes millions of dollars, well, their money doesn't really matter. Do you think a professional athlete is connected with the black struggle right now, and maybe because they're they also voted on whether they want to return the play or not as well. Mm -hmm. So, we have to shift some of that blame to the athletes who are playing this game. And if 70% of the league, which I think even is more, 
if majority of the league is black, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm yeah. trying to get? So it's just like, if black men feel like we're, we should, we'll be able to play, like we'll be fine. Yep, you get me? Like, I should just say, if black, basically. But then again, it's like, because they're, um, I don't feel like, but then are they connected? That's what I'm saying. It's like, because black people are saying, hey, yo, we're going to be good. And then are we going to be good because yeah. so much of the league? But it's like, how connected are they to... With the black struggle. Exactly. Like, if, currently... If niggas just saying, yo, let's play because it's like, yo, I need some money. I want to play ball again. But I don't care about what's... If the niggas that saying, let's play, have been, like, one of the front-line voices in, in the realm of everything that's going on outside mm-hmm. of basketball, then it's cool because it's like, I would... I see the work you've done, and I would trust you enough to be able yeah, to say there's that. There's been a lot of NBA players marching and everything. Yeah, like but that. If, if you ain't said nothing and you kind of a been lot quiet, of them haven't said anything. Then it's like, then it's like, nah, like you, like now we defenders keep saying no until y'all put y'all voices like and put y'all money into the stuff that's going on over here, so that we can feel like, like y'all not finna just be preoccupied again and go back to kind of living in y'all like little fantasy world that we kind of have no access yeah. to. But um, for people listening, um. Based on the information given, like what you guys heard, what's your take or stance on the NBA? Let's say they're just in talking stages because we know at the end of the day that there's gonna be a tip off on July 31st. We already know that. But let's say this was a month ago and all the information was out, made known publicly. How would you feel? Do you think the NBA should come back or not? Um, this is tough. Like, it honestly is though because. You have A and B. A, you shouldn't do it because it's the right thing to do. But B, it has long-term effects, and it affects a lot of people as well. Like Stephen A. Smith said, a lot of jobs will be lost. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? But then again, it's just like, my freedom should cost everything. Like, you should be able to get up everything so at the end of the day, we're all free and we're not oppressed. <laughs> Talk to these Marla be trying to with Umar Johnson on the podcast, y'all. Gotta activate the cool chip. Um, before we go, I have one more thing to ask you. Um, this is just random. I like I will I think one new thing we're gonna do well one phone a friend, like that was the first time of me asking my sister that. But before we get out of the podcast, um just a random thing. And we'll always come with something every every week. What is your relationship non-negotiable? A relationship non-negotiable. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're in a relationship too. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> but uh, I would say um, I guess the starter just because just to match the the times. If you have nothing to say in regards to what's going on right now, then we cannot be together. Okay, but can you give me something that? What do you mean? Like. That's not negotiable for maybe five months ago. That's a, that's a, that that's for five months ago too. Like I'm just saying, like okay, give me something else. <laughs> is that will that su- is, is that will that suffice as one of my answers? Yeah, it will. But I think people are looking at like if she's an introvert. Oh, or she, okay, like, okay. That's what I'm looking for. But your um, answer does make sense, and like I'm, I understand. Yeah. Uh, okay. Non- another non-negotiable. Um, you want me to say mine so you can? Yeah. So a uh, relationship non-negotiable for me is if <laughs> if she doesn't have a passport or wow. has no aspirations to travel out in the country. So okay, if you don't brunch, have a passport, okay, that's brunch, fine. Brunch Twitter? Huh? I said, okay, brunch Twitter. No, you know me. I travel. <laughs> so my thing is, if you don't have a passport, I don't care. Like, we're going to get you one. 
But <laughs> if you have no aspirations to travel and see the world, that's an issue for me. Yeah. If you're just content staying in Florida or even Georgia or just the East Coast, the South, it's just like, nah, I can't do that. Like, I need you to have, I want you to experience things. Like, I want you to do things. So I'm talking from my experience. Like, I've been to different countries. I don't want to say I've been all around the world. I haven't been East yet, like in Europe or anything. But I've been to Canada. I've been in a lot of Caribbean countries. Yeah. I've been to Mexico. And I've been in a lot of different states in America. And just seeing life different from South Florida and Tampa, it opens your eyes. Yeah. Because it's like the world is such a big place. So I would love for someone to experience that. Granted, your interests may not be mine. But I think with something like this, I'm not asking you to listen to jazz music or watch football with me. Yeah. I'm asking you to free your mind and experience something new. Yo, hold, this hold nigga Marlon, bro. Hold on. I agree. I, I agree. When you put it that way, I definitely agree with you. Yeah. Um. I guess it's my turn. So, for, which I kind of tried to backtrack on that. Before I met my girl, I didn't have a, I didn't have a passport. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, not that traveling out of the, out of the country wasn't an aspiration of mine. But or are you open to it? Let me. Let I was. Me yeah. Yeah. When she said, you know, I was like, I right, bet. Like, I'm not a. Why, why am I opposed to getting a passport? Like. Yeah. But hey. But prior to that, I was never. I had never. Um. I just had never made plans to do it because for one, I didn't. I didn't know of anybody I knew that was doing it like that. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I granted, I knew you was doing it, but you was going on family trips and stuff and ski trips and at the wrong times. That's another conversation okay, for another time. But shit, nigga, <laughs> I'm on a ski trip during a, a damn yard show. Relax. Very much. But um, <laughs> I so did, no way. It was a needles probate too. I went on. Yeah, you went on a few times. Oh yeah. <laughs> Marlon is Mr. MIA for real, for real. Listen, my face. <laughs> nah, nigga. Hey, um, I went to Mexico and shit. I'm lit. Another, uh, another um, non-negotiable for me. Does she have to be Christian? Like, does she have to share the same faith as you? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just be asking this. <laughs> Yo, she had. I, it, it, I feel like it's it's hard to reckon to like. It's hard to engage with somebody because because for me spiritual connection is so so much of a big part of it, mm-hmm. and I don't I right now don't know how to reconcile uh, different religions and spiritualities. Even mm-hmm. some people say like they all kind of the same thing to me. It's like I haven't reconciled that yet. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I can't reconcile. I can't like uh, connect with somebody that don't share the same spiritual beliefs as me. Okay, I I just, I just don't know how to do it. Um. And that, this is a dumb. This is a dumb question, but there are people out here who are, who think like this. Does the person have to have a college education? No, I'm no. It 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 very much. There are other factors that will uh, have to compensate for like. Yeah, you that. gotta be a you gotta be a, a hustler. Like, yeah, you got you gotta be like, kind of boss. Education doesn't mean shit. But if you don't aspire, you gotta be, you gotta be to, entrepreneur. You can't be no. Yeah, that. if you don't aspire <laughs> for success or just. Like, I sound like B. Simone. I can't have <laughs> You ain't like, manifesting it, man. You can be 9 to 5 because CEOs are 9 to 5. You're right. going to be a CEO, but you just have to really know what you want and really go after it. Yeah. You have to have goals and want and have, and have want to achieve them. Yeah. And I think that's just the baseline. Like, as long as you know what you want to do in life and you're working towards that, I'm all for it. I don't care how you get there. But if you just on your ass... Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, that's not like a 
I'm not like checking for are you are you college ed- educated? Yeah, not like let me see your degree. Like, yeah, no. but I mean, if if you don't, I'm I would assume that you kind of have like you Some just have rules. your life set up in, in a different kind of way. And, yeah, because I know cool a lot of people from high school who don't who didn't go to school, and they're perfectly fine. Yeah, but they know what they want to do in life. Yeah, definitely. And I think they have no issue with that. If you scamming or something like that, then yeah, nah, nah. I'm good off you. <laughs> um, the little the punish circle shit. Yeah. <laughs> Put your name in the middle for four hundred dollars. For real, yeah. like nah, that's what that's how you get money all the time. Hell no. Um, I have one more. I have one more. I'm trying to remember. I think someone uh a non-negotiable is someone who doesn't value privacy. Mm. Like, cause I've always been like a private person. So is sharing your location part of that? Nah, I mean, that, so I, I, share, I share my location with my girl, but I think it that is... Some people view it as invasion as some, of privacy. Some people view it as invasion of privacy. I think it's more so, like, if something happens, I need to know where you at. Right? I mean, worst case scenario, but, like, I person, I'm not the kind of person that lives off worst case scenario. Like, mm. even then, like, when, when me and my girl kind of, like, we shared our location, it was... It was something that like she kind of initiated, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, I wasn't apprehensive towards. It. I was like, oh, I bet, like, you know, what I mean, cool. And then it kind of happened like that, which like prior to that, I've never done it before, and I've I've never thought I needed to. But it kind of like put in perspective, like if if something if something happens or if something goes down, like you need to know who like where the person like yeah. where somebody is at. So it's kind of how that is. Um, I'm trying to think. But What's privacy, it? yes. I'm, I'm I don't I, I need my privacy. I don't mm-hmm. I don't like. Somebody over my shoulder for everything. I've seen this thing on, on um, Twitter. It's only one woman, though, but she was just like, I'm making my man his plate. Oh. Some people agree that shit. I don't. She, you gotta make your plate? She ain't gotta make me a plate. Nigga, I, cook, I, I can cook for myself, so you know damn well I need you, to make my plate. Like, if you get me a plate, I don't. Thanks. If you don't, okay. I'm gonna get up and get my own plate. <laughs> Literally, bro. Like, like mm-mm. What the hell you talking about? She was so adamant about it, too. Like, what? Like, <laughs> but then there are some niggas who acquire their lady to get them a plate. I'm like, okay. Child. What's another? One more non negotiable before we head out. Um, a non negotiable is. Oh, um, let's, let's change it. What is a trait that you wouldn't like someone to? To be with you that they have like an example i'm an introvert and i need my space and if that said person doesn't respect my faith my space then i can't i agree be with that person that's not mine but i agree with it so then what would be like you're like okay like this is my one rule like what's your one rule like this uh, is one thing i just don't like my what's your preference mm, there it is that's a better what's a preference you like to have that um, you want someone to respect? well you have a girlfriend but you yeah. want your girlfriend to respect um, I would say when people people like, well, women in general kind of don't like this, but I'm like personally, I don't all, cause I mean, physical touch has never been like a, a like one of my like main love languages. Mm-hmm. So like, just respect the fact that sometimes I, not like I don't want to be touched in like that kind of, like in in a way where it's like oh just don't touch me, but it's like, like sometimes I just like. Yeah, I don't. I don't like people. Yeah, I, I don't. Me. I don't. Don't, don't rub on me. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, like I. I don't like just being like kind of just casually, or like just just touched and like, and you know what I mean, just hugged on all the time because it's like, bro, like I need, I like I. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just I don't know if it's a, it's an upbringing or if it's like an affection kind of thing. But that is just always been hard for me to just want it. Mm-hmm. I, I've never wanted to be touched like 
all the time. Yeah. So yeah. Um. <laughs> last question. Last question. Do you like when women like touch your ass? Pause. Oh, <laughs> you Paul? It's a woman. Like nigga, ain't no, it ain't a man. Nigga. I look like don't touch me. Like don't touch me. Um. <laughs> Why are you touching me? I don't like, like being touched in the first place. So touching my ass is kind of like, all right. Like. <laughs> I don't care. I I, I I don't. Scenario. You're in the bed with your your two girlfriend, and she <laughs> she just grabs your ass like, come here, nigga. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm. <laughs> Hell no. I will say this. My masculinity is not fragile at all. At least from, as far as I know, it's not fragile. Yeah, well, no, but you don't have to have a fragile masculinity. Well, you not like their ass get touched? Yeah. Nobody likes their ass touched. Nobody. Casually. Some people do, but (laughs) (laughs) nobody likes that, right? (laughs) Hell no. I am scarred. Nah, nah, I don't know. Like, it, it it just depends on the mood I'm in, like. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be like, yo, like, you just grab my ass. Like, I'm not in the mood to get my ass grabbed right now. But, which, granted, that just, I just kind of gave myself away. There are moves where I want my ass grabbed. <laughs> but, nah, sometimes you just don't want to get your ass grabbed, bro. And I don't want to get, like. You like, you like, get your shit touched. Like, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. All right, cool. And, nigga, this is an off-cam conversation. <laughs> shit. Shit. But, um. Misguided podcast. It's the Misguided co- Mis- oh, shit. This nigga forgot the brand. <laughs> it's the Misguided Podcast. We out. Um, if you're ever offended by what we say, we don't care. We do care. What do you mean we do care? We care if we offend people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you're ever offended by what we say, just email. Uh, yeah. I probably won't respond. But we'll subtweet. Yeah. Or just add us. Yeah. Be direct. No, DM me. Yeah. <laughs> DM me. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Bye. This is Miss Guy Podcast. Then we out. This is Miss Guy Get away